guys, how's it going? Is that a trick, yo-yo? Why isn't my yo-yo coming back up? Can you walk the dog? <laughs> the Offset Yo-Yo Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? So welcome back to another episode of the Offset Yo-Yo Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Vu, two-time Australian national yo-yo champion and yo-yoing YouTuber. And today... We are interviewing a very, very special guest who generally doesn't really need an introduction, but this is going to be none other than Evan Nagao. So, for those of you guys who are listening on Spotify, Apple, Apple Music, this isn't really going to apply to you. But for those of you guys on the YouTube channel, uh, I'm trying to add a little bit more video uh, to the to the uploads of the Offset Yo Yo podcast. So let me know if you guys prefer this format better, or if you don't. Either way, just comment down below. Um, and yeah, about today's guest. So Evan, who really doesn't need an introduction, is uh, basically started yo-yoing like basically when he was born. So he he yo-yoed from like the age of one um, and is kind of dubbed as this yo-yo prodigy. Um, from then, it's kind of been a consistent through line throughout his life. He then started yo-yoing um, and hit the scene in 2014, 2015 and hit the stage with like really explosive bangers and kind of became the people's champion and then he really got serious so around then he became the two-time u.s national yo-yo champion and he became the 2018 world yo-yo champion in 1a evan is now currently pursuing a career in music and we basically unpack all of it from what it's like growing up with the yo-yo to how you actually go about strategically winning a contest like worlds and what it's like being a musician one other thing i'd like to shout out is that Evan's new album that he's kind of dropping uh, is called Love, and you can guys check that out on all of the various streaming platforms, but you can also check it out at his YouTube channel at Evan from Heaven. So if you guys could go check that out, subscribe to Evan. Um, he's been working really, really hard on this album. It is great, um, and it is out as of now, November 17th. So go ahead, check that out. So without further ado, here is my very, very in-depth, wide-ranging conversation with Evan Nagal. Uh, Evan, welcome to the show. <laughs> dude, thanks, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Oh my God, I'm actually really stoked just to, honestly, just to like talk. And even though it's recorded and stuff, like just getting to like catch up and stuff, because it's been like probably two, three, four years, maybe. I don't even know. Yeah, it's been a it's, while. It's been a long time, man. And it's, it's, it's definitely been like, you, you were like one of the people who I had met, you know, very early on in the Yo-Yo community. So, uh, you were probably like one of the first American players that I properly met. So it's, it's good to kind of take it all back. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. So that one time, yeah, you came to, um, California and I was there. And then we were riding on like the motor coach with my dad and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like, that was your first time in the U S or what? It, it was my first time there alone. And I hadn't, mm. I think I'd met, um, I think Michael Nakamura and, and Alex Satori beforehand. Um, but I hadn't really met anyone else other than that. I hadn't even been to a contest yet. So when I rocked up with you and like, you're like clucky band, I was like, Whoa, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, that was super fun, man. And yeah. then I remember we performed at that mansion. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, dude, I, like I do remember like that. Mansion you went to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and, so like and then my dad had that the business thing going on, and then you came and I, on stage, and he always puts like the yo-yo story because uh, in his like business presentation, because like that's just how he mm. kind of presents. 
And so, yeah. like, he brought us up. He brought me up. And then since you were there, he's like, yeah, let's bring Brandon. Well, let's let's bring him up. <laughs> in front of all yeah. these business people. Well, you know, it, it turned out all right. I mean, I feel as if we did an impromptu freestyle. So it was, um, <laughs> but it was a good experience, man. It was like a lot of fun. So, so thanks for inviting me and thanks for showing me around that day. And coincidentally, actually, um, I, I actually wanted to start this interview uh, with speaking about your dad, because I feel as if you can't really get into the Evan Nagal story without you know, having the precursor there. So, so I, <laughs> you know, as it's, as it's a little bit, you know, you know, facetious, uh, how did your dad get into yo-yoing and then how did that translate to, to yo-yoing as we know it today? And then where did you come into it? Okay. So my dad's story is actually super, super interesting. So he was supposed to be uh-huh. a construction worker, like a general contractor, basically type of thing. Because uh, my grandpa was a general contractor, mm. so he he always like was studying to do that and like trying to get into that. And he was in college for a while. But what happened, which is super interesting, super crazy, he got into this crazy motorcycle accident oh. where this guy like going like I think he was going like forty miles per hour, and the other guy was coming the other way like sixty miles per hour, and they head on collided. Like he crashed into this giant truck, and like he like nearly died. He, he broke every single limb in his body. Somebody's calling me. Hold up. Just turn it off. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So he almost died, basically. And um, he was in the hospital for, like, so long. Like, he, he was, like, basically, like, for, like, two months just trying to recover from this thing. And in that time, he couldn't, like, study. He couldn't do any construction or anything like that. So um, he ended up actually... Um, learning to fly kites because I was like the mm. only thing he could do because he's in his <laughs> wheelchair just like all of his limbs are pretty much broken so all he can do is like fly these kites so he he loved kites so much though like from that he he like discovered his joy for kites so he decided like when he was 21 or so to open up his own kite shop um, in Hawaii and so mm. when he finally opened up his kite shop then he realized that, you know, there's a bunch of other toys that he wanted to sell and yo-yo happened to be one of them. And somehow he figured out that there was a way to promote yo-yos mm. um, through the card system that would just like completely like just, it would sell like, like a mad, like wildfire. Right. And what, sorry, what so do you mean by the card system? Okay, so the card system is basically like um, if you ever go on Yo-Yo Expert, they have like the different levels of tricks. Oh, so you yes. have the basic card, which has the basic tricks. Mm. The second uh, intermediate card, which has the intermediate tricks. And the interesting thing is like after you complete like each card, you get like a prize Yo-Yo um, for completing like the ten tricks on the first card uh, and then ten tricks on right. the next card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody was trying to do it, and then it's interesting because like all the other kids are like, "Well, if he can do that, like I could easily do that." So everybody started <laughs> kind of like going viral. It became this yeah. like viral trend. The old school way to go viral, you know, <laughs> like yeah. kind of like old like school TikTok viral. challenges or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, just, just kind of like thinking about it now, it, it's like the underlying logic remains the same, right? You, you see someone else do it and then it looks appealing and then you jump onto it and then you grab some of your friends onto it. So really it's, it's kind of interesting. 
okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely still the same concept, but just different medium. Mm-hmm. So from here, you know, he it it goes absolutely gangbusters. You know, yo-yos become the hip new thing. And like, draw a timeline for people. Like, wh- wh- when about would this be? So I think in around 86, uh, 1986, he started doing uh, yo-yos. I, I don't remember when he did kites. He was doing it for a while, mm. though. But in 1986, he started doing yo-yos. And then 95-ish, he took yo-yos to Japan. Mm. 96, he made you know, millions of dollars from yo-yos. <laughs> 97, 98, uh, 99 were all like humongous years for yo-yo. Mm. Um, it's it's yeah, crazy. I remember it. you were saying that like he made like thirty million dollars just off of yo-yos, and you're just like, holy crap! I don't think that's been eclipsed ever since. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hasn't been even close to that since then. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy, and I I'm really lo- like pretty lucky because I think um, my dad learned a lot through creating like such big financial success, and mm-hmm. like there was a lot of hurdles to jump through, so. Now that I'm going through my like, you know, journey of being a musician and stuff, mm. like it's I've been learning a lot from him on how to kind of overcome some of the um like the obstacle stuff. And it's not easy to be a successful business person, man, or like mm. be successful in some sort of independent journey. So um I really, really have been appreciating all like the wisdom and the stuff that he's been teaching. Uh, me to help me like succeed in yo-yo and in music and whatever venture um yeah i find myself in absolutely and i definitely sense that dynamic when i was kind of like hanging out with you guys way back when it's like he's very very wise and he's kind of just um uh what's the word it's kind of uh, groomed you to kind of take on these challenges (laughs) yourself so to speak Mm -hmm. but um let's let's wind the clock back just a little bit. So 97, we have, uh, we have Evan, who's the OG yo-yo baby. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you get into yo-yoing. How, how does that, like, I, I suppose you're like one years old. How do you get into yo-yoing? How does that work? Um, so yeah, basically, I don't even know, because I was one years old, right? So yeah. I don't really have any memory of it. <laughs> um, but basically, there was a bunch of yo-yoers at our house all the time. And, um, yeah, it was just interesting. It was like, I guess I just saw everybody yo-yoing and I just picked it up naturally. Um, and that's pretty much the story. I don't think (laughs) there's any, there's just nothing in that, but I mean, like on on top of that, like you're literally like the OG child prodigy, right? Like you, you're on Jay Leno. Like, do you remember that? Like there's recordings of it, but do you have any memory of it whatsoever? I sometimes wonder if I actually remember or if I just remember because like, you know, I've seen the tapes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely remember um, going in the um, in the limousine out to Jay Leno's, like, studio, right? Mm. And they had, like, champagne, I remember. <laughs> and then, like, like my mom was, like, had some champagne. And then there was, like, apple cider for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so that, cute. That was really cool. But you know what's super, super interesting? Cute. It's, like, you were landing, like, trapezes and stuff when you were, like, one years old in, like, 96. Like, that's crazy. Like... So you, you definitely have like I don't a know, very that's a little start. bit of an exaggeration. I think I was probably doing maybe like rock the baby and stuff. Maybe not trapeze when I was one, but I was probably doing trapeze at like maybe two or three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really that far off. Um, <laughs> but 
then, so then what happens, you know, how come you don't, um, you don't kind of just stretch it out? Like, did you, did you take a bit of a break from that? Yeah. So I don't know, I guess I, I really can't express it, I guess, because I don't mm. know. I don't really remember. <laughs> I think I just went to school. Like I went to, you know, I entered kindergarten when I, at six years old and then I just started meeting friends and stuff. And probably my time was just taken and, and, you know, being used in other places. So I can't really, I don't know. I don't yeah, really It wasn't like a conscious decision to phase out the year. Was it becoming less of a thing for your dad as well? Was like the year you'd been kind of eclipsed and it just became less of a thing? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So I don't know if it was necessarily because my dad stopped doing yo-yo so much, but, um, definitely that probably played some sort of impact in my yo-yo development for sure. Mm. Mm, okay. So then when do you get back into it? Do you remember that? Um, yeah. Uh, let me think. Yes, I do. So <laughs> I remember um, I was in Redondo Beach at this uh, kite shop called, I think it's called Sun- Sunset Kite Shop or something. I don't even mm. remember. <laughs> um but it, yeah, it was this interesting uh, place that I, I remember just looking at these yo-yo factory yo-yos. I saw this um, yo-yo factory California and it was like a hundred bucks. And I was like, that's so crazy because like, you know, like a yo-yo to me was like, you know, 20 bucks, like Raiders yeah. were like the most expensive yo-yos at the time. Yeah. So yeah. I was just like, what, what could be so good about this yo-yo? <laughs> and you know what I mean? And I, yeah. so this was like yeah. when I was probably in eighth, ninth or eighth, eighth or ninth grade in like mm. 2009. And so I st- like the guy at the shop, I forget who it was. The owner of the shop like taught me how to bind. I didn't know how uh. to bind. So I was like, <laughs> I was like just such a noob. And I was like, dude, this guy sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why isn't it coming back up? <laughs> yeah. So I, I learned how to bind and then I started just learning. I remember the whole trip because we went on like kind of a family vacation to um, like Disneyland. The mm. whole trip, like we're at Disneyland. I was just trying to learn spirit bomb, dude. <laughs> like, <it laughs> well, that's pretty bomb. fast, dude. I mean, I feel as if, you know, spirit bomb is like a pretty advanced trick and you just picked up this unresponsive. But I guess, you know, you were you were at one years old. So you had kind of like the foundational stuff to it. Yeah, but it was still like, there was still like, I felt like such a noob back then Mm. too. And I think that's an interesting thing that people don't realize is like, like a lot of people think that because I was yo-yoing at such a young age and all this stuff that like, um, I just was like, had this lucky talent or whatever, you know? Mm. But then if you look at the videos from like 2009, like I, I suggest people go watch those videos, like crazy yo-yo tricks from 2009. I saw some of those videos. <laughs> it's like, man, it's like, you're, you're pretty raw, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very like, I was very at the beginning stages of my yo-yo, my modern yo-yo career. So I think mm. that that'll give people inspiration if they think like, oh, like if they ever find themselves comparing themselves to like more competitive or professional yo-yoers, they can just go look back and realize like we were all like that at one point. Yeah, we all, yeah, we all sucked at one point. It, it's, <laughs> it's actually interesting because I, I was actually under the impression that you were just like, 
like there was never a point where you actually sucked because like, you know, you're doing like around the worlds and stuff and trapezes, um, at like two or three. And then when I saw those videos, it's like, man, you, you really just look like a, a beginning newbie yo-yo player who just picked up the yo-yo like a couple months ago. So it's, it's kind of, um, I mean, that's no means like a dig or anything, but it's, it's generally like, it gives you a perspective to, um, yeah, even you have to work for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody, I think you have to work for what you want. And so, Mm. I mean, even just like, that's what I realized, like, uh, right now, just, I'm going to kind of shameless self plug right now, but just, I've been promoting my album man for Mm. that. I'm releasing on, um, so shameless self plug warning, (laughs) um, on November 16th, my album's coming out love by Evan, Evan from heaven. Um, but so I've been working on that and just, it feels it's it's like a different kind of work man like yo-yoing mm. is like one type of work mm, but like mm. doing a full album and like doing all the promotion for it and everything and oh man it's like but you know it's like it's kind of like levels like you you learn how to win the world yo-yo contest you <laughs> yeah. put in the work to get there and then the next thing is like you have to work harder and but it's it's also very satisfying Mm. And I'd imagine like without jumping too deep into this tangent, but I would imagine it's like the yo-yoing world is such this, it's just this like niche little thing, right? There's probably only about maybe, I don't know, 500,000 of us in this entire world, right? Like, so if you really crank it out, you can get to the top. But with music, it's like, there are millions of people who want to get there, right? So you have to kind of, it just exponentially drives it upwards. Yeah, but what I realized too, though, in music, which is interesting, is like I skill wise, I'm like basically doing the equivalent of brain twister in music right now. Mm, you know what I mean? Like, okay. but but the interesting thing is, there's like so many people in music that are literally just doing brain twister over and over again, and like people <laughs> love that shit. You know? <laughs> like, in yo yo, it's like okay, yeah, brain twister, whatever. But in music, like for some reason, all these pop songs, like there's like very little skill involved. They're not really that talented. You know, they're mm. just doing the same three chords over and over again. But, yeah, like same. Th- I mean, it's literally just like I said, just doing brain twister over and over again, or just doing like Eli Hops maybe is a better example. And yeah. um. You know yeah, what though? It's, I I think that it it it. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, you've got more experience in the music industry, but I think it's probably more like the scoring system. You know, it's this idea that like the players who technically win the contest, they know these speed combos, they know these rail combos, and it's very kind of easy to look at the guy who's winning worlds and being like, oh yeah, you know, all he does is just do these point hold tricks, like yada yada yada. And then you go and try to win a contest using that strategy, and it's actually not that easy, you know. <laughs> mm. it, do you think no, it's that's like that? True. Yeah, it's really interesting. Well, I think that it definitely is when you start to get into it for sure. Mm. Cause I, I was thinking before I got like really deep into music, like listening to pop songs on the radio, just being like, Oh, that's so easy. Like I could yeah. do that like any day. Um, but then I think a lot of musicians say that. Um, but then at the end of the day, they try to like do it and they actually can't, you know? So mm. that same thing for yo-yo. Like I learned that, um, do it like trying to win worlds like for so many years. And I just yeah. thought it was, yeah really straightforward. Um, but there's actually a lot of, um, there's a lot of complexity to the simplicity and it's hard to explain yeah. this the proper way, mm. but like, there's like so many, like, 
like at the end of the day, you see this routine and it's so simple. You just condense mm. a bunch of tricks as fast as possible. Mm. But mm. then there's a lot of, uh, thought that goes into each like simple trick so you mm. you'll be choosing from like a thousand different tricks and then you'll s- settle for only like a hundred tricks that you're gonna do so you see the simple tricks that are being displayed on the actual yeah. routine but yeah. then in reality there was so much that went into making that and so same thing for music like mm. you listen to like some crazy like simple melody that's like just like so simple like two note <laughs> melody or like something you know it's like and you're just like, how does this, but then at the end of the day, probably that person went through so many different mm. iterations of the melody mm. to get to that point. So you, you think that like, that they just made that in like 10 seconds because it's so simple, but like, yeah. at, but like what really happened was they were really, you know, working through a bunch of different, um, like ways that it could be yeah. and then finding out that one, like condensed, <laughs> like best trick possible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then once you get that, it's just like, then it's like, Oh yeah, that's easy. I could do that. But it's like, it's that creative process that that process of churning through facing the resistance process of elimination that no one really, no one really thinks about, which is, which is Mm. interesting actually. Um, you know, out of all of the world champions, um, who've I've interviewed on this podcast, uh, you know, I'm not like name dropping or anything, <laughs> you know, just not trying to, but, um, <laughs> cloud chasing, dude. <laughs> cloud chasing. but you know, you were the one who I had a chance to meet beforehand. So it was like, I was kind of mm. like, I had like a seat on the sidelines, so to speak, to be like, okay, what does it look like when someone actually goes out and tries to win this thing? Um, and it's, it's really interesting. And, you know, I, I kind of want to dig into that a little bit deeper. You know, you, you get into yo in 2009 and then slowly but surely your your skill kind of gets up to this level where you're a pretty solid player. So take me back to like what got you to like 20, 2015, 2016. What was your thought process then? So 2015, I guess it was the same thing that we just talked about. It was like I had these really big tricks, like the, the one where I roll mm. on the floor and shit. And like, I just thought like, dude, there's no way I can lose nationals or worlds like doing this trick. It's just the best trick ever. It's just going to win me. And so I did it and I was like, and I, like, I didn't end up winning. Actually, 2014 actually was the year that I felt that. And then, mm. um, and then 2015, I just was like, okay, so now I know how the rules work a little bit. So I know yeah. that it's not going to win, but I don't really care. I'm just going to be the I'm people's just champion. Do it. You know? mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and, and actually, then, um, yeah. Oh yeah, it, go ahead. It's, it's interesting um, because I feel as if like 2015, 20, you were still like, it's, it's not as if you were like, you know, pack filler. You came like what? You were, you were quite high up that you were like fourth or whatever for 2015. Yeah. So for it was like you were yeah. kind of getting it. For, right? for nationals, I was fifth. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I was know, getting it, but I think um, as time went on, I started to realize that there's, so many different levels to understanding um judging and then also there's there's a lot of politics involved too man like mm. i i don't want to you know i don't want to add drama to anything but like mm. you know um i i personally was never a judge for um any or like one of the head judges for any of the big contests but uh, actually maybe i was i don't remember i might have been a judge for nationals in 2019 i can't remember mm. but anyways no, no, not 2019. I wasn't there. No, I don't think I was. I remember I was a judge for something, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But the point is that a lot of the, uh, just by the nature of 
you know, who understands like good yo-yoing. Mm. Um, usually a lot of the judges end up, or the people that like make the rules end up being the people like actually competing, which is like pretty interesting, I think. But it makes sense because they're the ones that know what good yo-yoing yeah. is, right? Yeah, so You wouldn't exactly. want to have like some guy, like some amateur like guy just making um, the rules and stuff. Just you you want to yeah. have the, yeah, the pros have a say yeah. in, um, in rule creation. So that mm. makes total sense. But in that regard, I started to learn more about that aspect. There's a the politics and mm. then there's also just like um, understanding how different regions will judge uh, different mm. things. Sorry, my texts are going crazy. Um, but so you, you'll notice that Europe judges a certain way, Japan judges a certain way, uh, US judges a certain way. Mm. Um, so there's so many different levels to understanding like the very like mm. the nuances of how the judging system works. And so like that year in 2018 when I won, like the whole year I literally committed my whole life to winning worlds. And I spent like two weeks in, in Japan. I spent mm. like about like 10 days in Europe and like just spending time with the judges trying to figure out how they judge. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then contrasting I definitely want to zoom in on to that. Systems. You know, like what mm -hmm. was it like? So did you, uh, and I spoke to Gentry about this as well when he kind of went on to his, um, his kind of Japan sabbatical. And, and he was like, you know, it, it's funny because everyone's like Gentry trained in Japan. Now I need to go train in Japan. But like when you ask Gentry about it, it that wasn't really his intention to go training in Japan, so to speak, but I feel as if it was for you. So what did you do when you went to like Europe or when you went to Japan? Like, what was that like? What was a day in the life? Like, did you have like a strategy going in to like soak up as much as possible? Yeah, pretty much. So I went to like, for example, I went to Europe and, um, just talked to every judge that I could and really got to figure out like who judges at worlds. Like mm. every single guy that judges at Worlds and literally like, all right, pick my freestyle. What is like, and I would like literally ask like, what, what is this score? What is this score? And then I go to Japan and then, um, you know, talk to every single judge there and ask them, what is this score? What is this score? Okay. If I do this trick this way, does it score two points versus one point and blah, blah. So I literally had to figure out, um, like how every judge clicked. And then what mm. I would do is I would take, like, let's say I had a trick that scored like, three clicks in Japan and like mm. one click in the U S and two clicks in Europe. So I'd average out the clicks of that. <laughs> so I would say like this trick is worth about two clicks and mm. I'd figure out which tricks were most efficient click wise. Um, so Jesus. it was like a very That's... mathematical thing, dude. Yeah, no, but you'd be surprised, you know, players these days actually do kind of think like that. And I know, um, um, it, it's more common than you might think. So is, is that kind of the metric that you would use? You'd be like, all right, I've got this freestyle. Um, I've got this trick and the trick that I'm going to put in is going to have the highest average across and whatever has the highest average I'm going to put in. Pretty much. Yeah. And then you also have to consider there's so many, um, layers to it, right? Cause you also have mm. to consider all the evals and then you also have to consider the risk. Right. Mm. So you, so actually what I would do, this is, this is adding another layer. So, the, mm. so if I were to get into the full like thing, it's literally like, like quantum physics, like it's like crazy. <laughs> no, dude, this, this is a yo-yo <laughs> podcast, man. Like everyone who's listening yeah. is going to eat this shit up, like get into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So for the, for the click, so if you want to get a little deeper, I'll get, I'll get a little deeper in it. So like mm. you, you have every judge will click it about a certain amount of points. Right. And then you'll, so you'll average out to figure out how 
much the average amount of clicks that, that you'll get for a certain trick is. And then you also have to take into considering the consideration the risk factor. So I would do a trick like 10 to like 50 to 100 times, figure mm. out my ratio of hitting that trick. And so <laughs> I would calculate the amount of points that it's worth times the ratio of percentage that I hit the trick. And then that's like the true value of what uh. the trick's actually worth. Fair enough. Yeah. And then how much, um, now that you know the actual math, dude, I fucking love this. How much, now that you know the actual math to it, how much does practice kind of, um, increase the efficiency of a trick? Because I'd imagine, you know, when you first kind of put a comma together, it's, it's a little bit shaky, but then if you really drill that thing down, you might be able to get a high risk trick into a relatively low risk trick. Yeah, it's definitely, it's everything. At, like when I was practicing for Worlds in 2018, I practiced for a whole year. And at the beginning of the year, I was probably hitting like about minus 20 or so. Mm. And literally when Worlds came, so this is really interesting. But by, by the time Worlds came, I knew that if I hit like a minus 15 routine, I was still in. And by mm. Worlds, I was hitting literally like a minus one, minus two routine every time. Mm. But when I got on stage, so... It, this is pretty like actually a little sad, but it's like totally fine because I ended up winning anyway. Yeah. But um, I was I was really 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 sick at Worlds, like mm. incredibly sick in 2018 at Worlds. Um, I had stomach flu and I was literally I had no energy because I had literally been puking and shitting out like everything every bit of calories that I had for like the last like seven days in China because China yep. is just like a little dirty. So <laughs> I, I was so, so, so sick and like, but I ended up hitting like literally the worst, um, l- like least clean routine that I'd, I'd hit in like maybe months, like two months. Like it was the mm. least clean routine that I hit, but I'd, I'd worked everything out so definitively that mm. even like I went like minus 13, maybe 14, even mm. doing the worst routine, I literally, I literally hadn't hit a routine that like that messy, like mm. the whole, like for like two months straight. And so, but like I worked everything out the math so like strategically that like even hitting the worst routine I possibly could have hit, I ended up still, um, still winning the title. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that, that's, I feel like the, I feel like when it comes to success in any endeavor, mm. like, like I'm, I'm doing this with music too. Like, it, like every like you just are so committed to it that like mm. no like you're just you there's no way you can lose like no matter yeah. what happens there's no way you can just, lose and like that's that's kind of like the mindset that like that it has been pushing me forward in in all of my adventures with yo-yo and with music and everything yeah man that's yeah it's 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 crazy like how much thought you put into it you know something that um, I want to square with that is that you have always, and, and, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, even when you didn't really understand how the scoring system worked, something I've noticed about you, which still holds true to this day is that you've got this like, um, ability to get the crowd hyped. I don't know if it's just like people like you and they like, <laughs> they like your tricks and you're just doing bangers, but do you, can you boil that down to a like communicatable strategy? Can that be boiled down? Like, how do you think about getting the crowd engaged for a, for a freestyle? Yeah. So I'll give you like the secret, but it's not as obvious or does it make so much sense logically? I think, but it's, mm. it is the secret. So really it's, it's really honestly a spiritual thing. Um, it's that you have energy and when, when I go out, I know that I have a lot of energy inside and I try to, um, spread that energy across the crowd. Right. So, but, but, so then you'd ask like, well, how do you build that spiritual, 
ability mm. to connect with people energetically in that, in that like kind of, um, woo woo way. Right. So mm. what I'll just mm. say is that for me, meditation has been so, so important for me. Um, mm. just getting connected to, I think, and grounded to like just myself. And then in that silence, you kind of can, um, you tap into something greater than yourself. That's the only way that I can say it. And it doesn't, it, you know, logically it's hard to really like understand the, the quanta or like the, the physics or the science behind it, but there, there are some explanations. There's electromagnetic mm. fields and blah, 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 all this different stuff. But um, what I will say is that if you try it, if you like meditate every day for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes every single day for like a whole year, I guarantee that your charisma will go up like, like, your whole field of reality will shift. And mm. um, yeah, so th that, that's all I can say is um, if I were to give a very practical advice, like mm. it sounds like mm. pretty funny, but just like meditate every day, <laughs> like seriously. Yeah, no, no, dude, I, I, I resonate with that. And I think, you know, there, there are probably a few listeners who would just be like, dude, that's the most woo-woo thing I've ever heard. But what I can attest is that dude, like, I don't know if I've ever told you about this, but you probably get this a lot. Like whenever, whenever I'm around you, you, you literally do like radiate positivity. Like you're like the <laughs> nicest motherfucker I've ever met. Like it's, it's like, it's <laughs> contagious. Um, so if anyone's kind of just like, you know, it, it's an actual thing. Like it's, I'm not sure if it can be explained down to a science, but it is definitely perceivable. Um, and maybe yeah, that's just aspects because of it that can be described by science. Um, mm. but, um, yeah, if you really, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think any of the explanations or any of the logical stuff really matters. Like mm. at the end of the day, it's like you do something and then you get a certain result, you know? So, yeah. uh, you know. But then how does that square with like, you know, getting the crowd hyped? Like, you know, is is that just an ethereal thing that like you're just positive and people want to get hyped? Or is it like that's, is that something you can break down into, um, I don't know, stage performance and presence and, and smiling or stage use? Does that, can you translate those two there? Yeah, there's a few things. I mean, it's really, it, it gets a really complicated. I do understand it on a scientific level, um, mm. but it's something that I think would be too much to explain <laughs> right now on the yeah. podcast. Um, it has to do with your serotonin basically mm. and how, um, different at, like in, in the animal kingdom, um, you know, animals with higher serotonin, uh, create a certain reaction from other animals. Mm. Um, mm. and so you're, you're trying to figure out how you can like basically boost the serotonin boost that within yourself. Yeah. You boost it. it is, but there's other things. So in terms of mindset, so there's like the same thing with like creating your train, there's like layers to, um, how you understand things. Like you, there's the points layer, like where you understand just how general points are judged. And then you, there's like the, um, politics layer where you understand like the politics mm. of yo-yoing and then there's the tricks layer so there's all these different layers to it mm. so mm. in terms of um like charisma and learning that stuff one of the layers is like your mindset layer and i think that's really important so like i i never i try well like sometimes i do like at 2018 worlds i kind of went in with this mindset um of to like try to win but like whenever i try to win that like affects my ability to be charismatic because what happens is like the expectation is that I'm going to like hit all my tricks well and I'm going to do well. And then once you, if you miss the trick, then 
your energy goes down because you get bummed out mm, that you didn't hit mm, the trick. Your yeah. expectation was that you're going to hit the trick and you didn't. But when you have the expectation just to put on a good show, no mm. matter what you do, if you mess up, you just smile and you just yeah. laugh. Like kind of like what you do, you know? And, um, <laughs> All I do is mess yeah. up. <laughs> No, no, that's not what no, I meant. Yeah, no, I, I definitely know what you mean. But, but it's true, man. Like, I, I feel as if on the stage, like, this is kind of like, I mean, I, I don't want to go too far away from yo-yoing, but it's kind of like people can sense expectations. Like, when you give someone a compliment with an expectation, it's like you've got a sixth sense that you can kind of feel mm. that and it feels insincere. But when you just give someone like, uh, or when you say something out of genuine earnestness and you just like, you know, this is the thing you, it, you, you can sniff out people's intentions. And I think, you know, what you were saying before, I think that might relate on a, like a larger scale scale as well. It's like, if you like, if you're like hitting, if you're there to hit the tricks and that's like your primary motivator, that kind of like rubs the audience the wrong way sometimes as well. Totally. Totally. And I think that's where meditation comes in right? because you question like, Okay, so I know that what intentions are going to create a good result, right? Like if I have an mm. intention to contribute to people, like contribute to the audience, make sure they're involved, get them enjoying things, like you, you, you'll know logically that that's the right intention. But then like, how do I stop thinking about freaking yeah. hitting my goddamn yeah. tricks on stage, right? So, so that's where meditation comes in because it's the ability to uh, focus your mind on the right intention or like an intention that you like consciously choose. Mm. That, that's where the meditation part kind of like connects in there. Mm, mm. Man, dude, this is fascinating, man. Um, dude, I and, love, I love this stuff. I'm super glad that you're asking about all this stuff, man. It's dude, my favorite type of conversation. I, I feel as if something that a lot of, a lot of people don't know, or don't know about me or don't know about you is that like, I, I feel as if when we first connected, both our dads were like very into self-help. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah, when yeah. we, when we first met, we already kind of clicked into this like self-help. We, we had read all the big, you know, self-help books. So it's kind of like, I'm on that wavelength. I kind of get where you're coming from with this. So if, uh, if this is turning everyone off because of all of the woo-woo side of things, um, I mean, if it is, then dude, dude, you don't want them as your subscribers anyway, dude. <laughs> no, 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 just kidding. Just kidding. No, no. <laughs> no. Brandon's uh, cool. That... Brandon's cool. Subscribing. Everybody subscribe <laughs> to Brandon right now. Right now, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit the subscribe button, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's funny. But I, I want to, um, yeah, so where do we go from this? I, I, I'm, I'm very curious um, because... When, if we wind the clocks back just a little bit, when you were kind of figuring everything out, you were already a pretty solid player. Like 2015, Evan was, was a pretty good player. Like you were, you had the tricks, you had the charisma, you had um, maybe, maybe not as an extensive or thorough understanding of the scoring system as you do now. But what I see as your kind of big break, and you know, if you feel free to disagree with that, was PNWR 2016, where you finally totally. won right and like it that wasn't like that it wasn't like it was a small competition but gentry was there like there was a lot of other players that were there like what did you do differently what was the penny that dropped that kind of that pushed the uh the thing over that that got you to that point um to win 2016 pnwr honestly it was a lot of luck involved um mm. 
like like the judges just had to be certain judges would click my tricks higher than other judges uh mm. certain judges would um prefer you know a certain type of performance over another and it's very subjective in that regard so um yeah there was a lot of luck involved but at the same time um i think i just practiced a little bit more i practiced maybe like two weeks in advance rather than mm. like you know two days in advance <laughs> yeah um so yeah, there was just, I think it was just, um, it was pretty much luck though. I, but I think that was definitely my big break because that mm. was when Yay factory was really, um, starting to, well, actually we started creating the edge at that point mm. already. But, um, once we, once I won that contest, then it was pretty obvious that, you know, that there was some potential in the brand of the edge and I, I what I'll, what I'll give it to also is just Ben McPhee, man. Like for honestly, just him believing wholehearted, uh, wholeheartedly in me, knowing mm. that I was going to be successful in yo-yo, um, mm. really was important to me because I, I believed it too. But I think having somebody, especially your sponsor, feel mm. that way, mm. like it was just like um, it just really helped add to that belief that I could do it. So mm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've spoken actually two things I would add to that. First thing is, is also another shameless plug. I remember like us having a conversation very similar to where we are now. Um, and I tell this story every chance I get. Um, and we were talking and we were like, you know, man, I was like, you know, what was really cool about your like monster video where you like had that little expert at the end. And, uh, you were talking about how, if I could control this yo-yo, um, it would like separate me from all the other players. I was like, man, sounds really cool it sounds like you're using like leading edge technology and i remember you oh, like, you're like yeah. oh <laughs> yeah that's that is kind of cool and i was just like motherfucker that's so I, funny <laughs> the edge came from oh, me yeah, people don't realize this dude brandon vu named edge that's that's a true I, totally true story I, I wouldn't it's say I, I named it but i definitely gave you like it was like a, it was like an impetus impetus <laughs> Oh, you totally named it. I remember this because I was like leading edge. Yeah. But that's like kind of a lot of words. Like I want to just be like something like, and then you're like, well, maybe just, I, don't, I don't remember if you said it, but I just remember somehow we got to, we established that edge would have been a, like a better word or a better yeah. name for it. So I was like, edge would yeah. be cool. That'd be really, really dope. And the other <laughs> crazy thing that's weird is that my dad's first professional kite, cause he used to be professional, like kite flyer mm. was called the edge. Oh wow! Too. It was meant to be, man. It was up in the ether so already. Weird. Yeah, totally. And you just needed to bring yeah. it into reality. <laughs> yep, yep. The, the second thing I will say is that yeah, I've I've spoken to like Ben um, as well, like kind of just like off the cuff, and yeah, he's he's always spoken really highly of you. I I remember there was this one time it was like, man, Evan's crazy. Like, if you ask him to run into a volcano. Um, he'll be like, okay, how long, how far does the run up need to be? <laughs> he's like, that's the kind of person you are. So it's like, whatever mm. he needs to do, he'll do it and he'll do it meticulously. But, um, but yeah. yeah, man, no, I, I, I really think that PNWR, it was, it was such an interesting time because, um, you know, you weren't rolling around anymore. You were still trying to play a little bit more <laughs> technically. Like it was starting to kind of like come together. Oh, but, that's true. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, it, it was kind of this, um, yeah, you were starting to kind of get the picture of it, but like it would, it would be a few years later until you really kind of got everything to click. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I realized that I needed to, 
I don't know if I needed to, but um, I realized it'd be a lot easier to succeed in terms of like succeed with the judging system if I mm. sacrifice some of my my best tricks for some like shitty like uh, tech combos. Rail combos. <laughs> combos. <Yeah. laughs> but, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like um, I just did what I had to do, and that that's the interesting thing about life too. I think it's yo-yo, yo-yo teaches a lot about life. I think you know like the fact that there's rules to certain games. And so mm. sometimes mm. you just got to play by the rules. It just depends what your, what your intentions are. If your intention is to win, then you should probably play by the rules to, to most optimally, you know, utilize the rules. But if your intention is just to like have a good time or to put on the best show possible or to, you know, like, like add the most value to people and in, in their entertainment, then you should just not follow the rules. So <laughs> yeah. I, I guess my intention shifted after a while because at first it was like oh at first it was to win and then I realized I wasn't winning and so I was like you know what I my intention is going to change to just like do super cool routines and then later I was like no you know what I actually do want to win because I don't know I just want to see what it's like what it feels like to win mm-hmm. and then so I just ended up figuring out how to win well I feel and, as and if- honestly wait sorry I'm like, cutting you off real quick but like yeah. honestly winning didn't feel as good as doing the best like routine that I could possibly do. And it's really, it's interesting though, the, the fact that I had to win, like I had to win worlds <laughs> to know that I never really had to win worlds at all. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I, I thought you would say something like that because what I was going to say was, um, uh, it, 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 it's kind of like you, you, you never really truly sold out. I feel as if you pulled from both sides, right? It was always like mm-hmm. the intention in the back of your mind to put on a good show and to like do these things. But it was kind of just like, how can I translate that into a way that's going to win? Right, right. Yeah. So it was definitely um, like uh, um, trying to um, kind of like synergize all the different aspects of like all different types of yo-yoing and all different styles and all different, um, like the competitive side versus the, the, um, performance side, like what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. It was definitely like trying to figure out how to do all of them at once. And I, and actually ultimately when you get down to it, those are the routines that usually win is the ones that do like mm. all everything like at, on a balanced level or like not even balanced. I wouldn't even say it's like you have a hundred percent performance mixed with a hundred percent tech mixed with a hundred percent everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I, I remember like you were just kind of vehemently like despising the, uh, the scoring system and you went on your little crusade to kind of win so that you could change the scoring system. Would you, would you still, would that still be like a, a thing in the back of your mind right now? Or you're like, Oh no, the scoring system's okay. I would. Yeah, I would definitely change it. Um, but the thing is right now I'm super focused on music and I, I, I really, at that point in time, the reason I wanted to change the scoring system was I, I thought that I could make a positive impact in the world through yo-yoing, um, mm. just making it more entertaining and, um, and more allowing for people to express themselves more creatively rather than having so many generic tricks in the scoring mm. system. Um, so I really wanted that and I still kind of do, but at the same time right now, um, I'm just so focused on my, my purpose with music, which is very, very similar, actually like mm. almost identical, but like, Par- it's just a, a different medium. Way. Yeah. Um, there's a different medium. Exactly. Mm. But 
the same intention to allow people, you know, bring people enjoyment and to, um, you know, just allow people to have more positivity in their life and all this different stuff. And so as I started getting into music, I realized that, um, you know, a lot of these desires in yo-yo are, are still well-intentioned and still good. But like when I weigh out, which one's going to have more of a positive effect, uh, in the world long-term, um, I see that my energy is best spent, uh, focusing more on music, um, although if I can do something like really like that's like simple, if I can just send like one message to like a head judge or something and have stuff change, like, like, you know, that would be really, really awesome. <laughs> That'd but be good. Not yeah. that, not That'd that be simple, sick. man. There's a lot yeah. of politics. I mean, I feel as if the, the, the system itself, it's, it, I mean, I don't want to get into anything too political either, but it's, it's just kind of intertwined, man. Like if you change one thing, you fix one problem and then create another one, right? Like, let's say, well, like, all right, we want to completely devalue speed combos and everyone just does like hooks. And it's like, that's equally as boring. Right. So you, it, 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 it's, it's a topic that I think needs a lot of thought. Um, but yeah, I feel as if you just have to balance so many stakeholders into it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, like the, the cool thing would be to have, like if I were to change it and maybe somebody could take this idea and run with it. Well, I think Ben <laughs> McPhee and I both have are aligned on this is like, you just have different judging systems at different contests. Mm. Right. So then, but the, see the, the argument against that is that you want it to be really consistent so people yeah. can understand it more and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like, I don't know. I don't have too much energy invested into it right now at this point in time. Cause if I get into it, like it's just not worth, you know, spending so much yeah. energy on that. But if I were to, if I were to change it personally, like on a very like simple opinionated level, um, subjective level, I would love to see different, um, judging systems at different contests. Cause that would allow some contests to be more performance oriented, which like that would be the contest that everybody wants to watch. That's where mm. all the bangers are like 44 clash, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah. You throw 44 clash like at, at other contests like around the world and and then you could have some that are more tech oriented where you know people can see how their tricks score and stuff and get more into the competitive uh clicking aspect of that so mm-hmm. yeah it's just like i, I don't know I, like I, again i don't want to have to deal with any opinion like any arguments i don't you know if you however it is now it's great it's well, it's great <laughs> but um that's just yeah. my own personal subjective feeling on that Mm, mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's always kind of a contentious topic, but, um, I think, all right, to, to kind of backtrack a little bit, I'm, I'm very curious about, um, because you are a guy that has kind of figured out or, or very kind of, um, figured out the way to win or figured out a way to win. So I'm, I'm very curious when, when someone says, that's like, man, we put in a lot of work to, to win that contest. Like I put in a lot of work. I, my question is always like, what is, what is a lot of work? Like, what did it look like when you were like grinding for worlds? Like what does, what does a day of practice actually look like? Yeah. Sorry. Everybody's checking their phone right now. <laughs> so yeah. my phone's going off. Um, um, yeah, basically a day of practice for me would just be five hours of practice and that would be split between playing video games and doing you know eating Five food hours. and shit that's but, crazy dude yeah yeah and you do but it alone before a year before worlds i was practicing alone five hours a day every day um like without 
without skipping a day, basically. Jesus. Yeah. And like, and then but, you got have- what I'll say is that it's, it was like, for me, it was also a career too, because, you know, I was selling my yoyos and that was my only source of income. So, um, I didn't even see it like as an issue. It was just like, you know, normal people go to work for like 10 hours mm. some days. Like, or like, you know, like, so I'm really doing a lot less work than the average person who works a job. So um, I'm just grateful to be able to do my passion as a job. So that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. And was, yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, I guess it's, 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 you live in the dream, right? You just play with yo-yos all day. Um, but then, all right. So do you have like a, a process for kind of developing a routine? Like, let's say you had, you had to go and compete at worlds 2021. What would your kind of framework or strategy be to create a, a winning routine? Um, 2021. So hypothetically, <laughs> yeah, hypothetically, um, I don't even know, dude. I think just what, what, what I would do is I would start with any routine, like literally just freestyle, like record myself doing three minutes of yo-yoing mm. um, and then take that routine and just start doing it over and over again and then start replacing the tricks and mm. just refining each trick to be better and better and better and better. That's like been my process for, uh, you know, like even, even at Worlds 2018, I took my routine from... EYYC 2017 and I just started refining it, refining it, refining it until it became good enough to win. It's, it's really interesting when you watch those two routines side by side, it's like, they're completely different. Like there's, there's elements that are the same, but it's like, man, you really kind of just like tinkered with that thing and like optimized it into like a beast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a process that, um, I just knew that it had to be the best that it could possibly be in. There was no other um, other way around it. I mean, same thing for like like my album that I'm working on. It's like, mm. you know, I'll, I'll finish the song and then like, you know, I'll just start like listening over and over and I'll realize like this little like thing, this kick needs to be a little like louder and like a little bit, but like everything needs to be like so fully optimized that it's like impossible not to like it, you know? Impossible not to like it. Yeah. And then you kind of like, yeah. it's where well, like- I mean, but yeah. It's subjective. Uh, at the end of the subjective. Day. Yeah. But you know, the, the, there are yeah. first principles that kind of come with everything. I, I actually want to zoom in on this a little bit. And I know, um, I know, uh, I, I was going to preface this questions by whether this was true or not, but I think it is, um, 2018, you know, to kind of set the stage for anyone who wasn't quite there. Like I remember like leading up to 2018 nationals and even worlds, there was this big, idea that like holy crap this is the most competitive year ever like you know world is going to be held in china there's going to be like 800 registered players it's going to be like whoever wins is going to going to have to like fight through like a crap ton of yo-yoers um and i saw a post from yo-yo factory where it was just like you know before nationals where everyone was like grinding and you know kind of making you know making their routines you kind of just you were like no i'm gonna going to stop. I'm just going to, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to chill. Um, was that true? And could you like speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it was a hundred percent true. Um, I just meditated all day in China. <laughs> like, really? not all day. I, yeah. I, I, well, I, I mean, really I- just chilled out. Um, because I think 
the problem arises when people are stressing so hard and they like put so much stress on their body by trying to practice and like they didn't put enough practice in before. Mm. So they have to like put in, you know, they're practicing like, you know, five, 10 hours, like the day before the contest. And I just don't think that's a very positive thing. So I was putting in like one to two hours, maybe in China of practice, then, but most of it was just meditation. And and what do you do? Like what's a yo-yo meditation look like versus like a normal meditation? Um, it's just a normal meditation, <laughs> but just, I'll tell you, you what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I, um, at that time I was doing a certain meditation where I'd visualize the colors of the rainbow and I'd visualize, um, like each color, like washing over my body mm. one by one. Um, and then when I'd get to violet, it would, I would kind of enter into this, you, you could say like an enlightened state or something, but mm. like just more like this ethereal realm mm. and, um, and so that's what I would do then. Now I do a different meditation. Now I'm doing this meditation where I just sit and focus on my breath. And then I, I stand like a little mantra, kind of like, Om, you know, like, or something like that. Okay. And, um, side question, do you do any like visualization? I've, I've read about studies where, um, like figure skaters because it's so stressful in their body. What they'll do is they'll like visualize like a perfect figure skating routine, um, and I feel as if you're pretty like savvy to all this stuff. Do you do that with yo-yos? I don't do it anymore, but I definitely did when I was, um, competing like, uh, pretty much every night I would, I don't know every night, but like a lot, most nights I would visualize my routine, like in a very, like, um, like perfected way. I would just imagine myself hitting every trick perfect. And I would hit mm use the affirmation after visualizing myself hit the trick i'd use the affirmation perfect 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 like mm. i do hooks perfect 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 you know and, yeah uh, yeah did so you find that, that, that helped? was kind of the process there I've, I've tried to do that in the past and what i've i don't know maybe i'm like a feeble-minded kind of untalented player but i can't like when i really try to like visualize a yo-yo string formation i get a little confused <laughs> so i can't like me too. imagine it a little like as perfectly as it would be a lot of it's kind of muscle memory after a certain point did you find it helped um i'm curious i don't know if it helps it's like impossible to really know i mean i won the contest <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, i mean that's like the only evidence we have but it's um, pretty it was, compelling it so just far. that yeah, it, it was, it was, but it was also just a mix of a bunch of different stuff, you know? Mm. So it, it's impossible to know if it was like solely the visualization that helped or, you know, what really was the key factor, but it was really just a mix of everything. Mm. Yeah. One, one other thing that I kind of wanted to talk to you about as well is, uh, you kind of like let this little gem drop in one of your videos where you're like, what you'll do before a contest and you, you'll do like a, a whole bunch of other things, which we can dig into. But one thing that I was kind of like interested about was this whole Wim Hof breathing thing. Like, I feel as if mm. that's kind of like blown up in the whole self-help world thing, but, uh, you were onto that pretty early. Like, do you still do that? prior to like a, a big performance or prior to like something nerve wracking where you need to be at your A game, maybe explain it a bit as um, well. Yeah. Okay. Well, Wim Hof breathing, I, th I think people should just look it up, but, um, it's yeah. basically, it, it's just a certain technique to get a lot of oxygen into your body and into your brain. And, um, yeah, I still do the Wim Hof breathing technique. I did it like yesterday, no, two days ago. 
and um i took like a like a cold shower and it was really good um but uh does it help you warm up with your vocals (laughs) it does not help me warm up with my vocals probably messes it up if anything because there's so (laughs) much it dries out my vocal cords but um what i will say though is that i think just breathing like doing conscious breathing is so so helpful like i don't Mm. know like well there's there's actually a lot of studies about this like when your breathing is uh in a a fine rhythm your heart uh, palpitations or your heart not palpitation but your heartbeat actually um synchronizes a lot better and it becomes more rhythmic as well Mm. and we don't know exactly why but it's something to do with how the parasympathetic nervous system all connects and so the point is that, you know, you, when you're breathing poorly, your body's releasing more adrenaline, you're, it's causing more stress mm. and that mm. stress is causing cortisol, which cortisol affects serotonin in a negative mm. way. So the more cortisol yeah. you have, the less serotonin. And like I said, serotonin affects your charisma and blah, 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 all this stuff. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So. So that's so, why you yeah. you're still using that. That's cool, man. You know, something I've 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 actually been really curious to ask you about is um you, you know you're an incredibly driven guy. You've you've been grinding, grinding, grinding. Um, you know, you exude positivity. Was there ever a point where you got burned out from yo-yoing? This is a question I get asked a lot as well, and I don't really have a good answer. Um, is that something you could speak to? Did you get burnt out? How do you? recover from getting burnt out what's what's your view on it yeah it's funny because as you said that um it just turned uh to 4 20 p.m which is funny because <laughs> you said getting burnt out but uh, <laughs> it's 10 20 years so i didn't pick up on that <laughs> yeah. um so no I, I mean i don't think i ever got burnt out i just think that my for me my focus is just always my intention is always really clear Whatever mm. I intend to create, I'm going to create it. So, um, you know, if I'm really focused on creating something with yo-yo, I'm going to create something with yo-yo. But as my intention shifts um, to like music, for example, mm. like I, my energy is just going in that direction. So it's not like I don't, it's not like, like the reason why, like I, I don't really want to do yo-yo as much. That's true. But the reason why I don't want to do yo-yo is not because I spent too much time doing yo-yo. It's just mm. that, my Your intentions answer. are going towards this direction, you know? So mm. yeah. I wouldn't say I, I, it feels like getting burnt out in some ways because of, like there are times where I pick up a yo-yo and I'm like, this just isn't as fun. But I mm. think it's really just my subconscious mind realizing like, like this as I'm playing with yo-yo, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, dude, like you need to, like, I'm not, you need to, but like, you should really think about, working on your new song that you want to drop. And it's less about like a more like a, um, so much of a, like you need to do this, but more of like, Hey, like, like I really want to make this song right now. I'd rather like make the song because that's going to lead me to, um, succeeding and, and, you know, living my purpose, which is to really help a lot of people through, um, spreading positivity through music. So, Mm, mm. yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I think one one other thing I would kind of ask from there is that like, I feel as if your underlying mission has always been to stay the same, you know, you've always been like this, uh, this beacon of positivity and like how you spread that positivity changes depending on what you're, you're passionate at in a given time. One thing I've, I've actually really wanted to speak to you about, um, is this, I, is your formula for going viral. I know you've spoken to, um, 
a few of the other players about this, but I'd, I'd be super curious to get about this because, um, you know, you, you've kind of got this formula to kind of like explode your like little influence. So could you speak to that? How do you do that in a yo-yoing context? And are there principles that are, uh, that are applicable to other mediums, so to speak? Yeah, well, I think it's, there's, there's some aspects that are like, um, a little like playing the game of virality, but I think some of it's very straightforward. Like you just want to create as much energy as you possibly can marketing like one post and then like, Mm. like any type of post, if it's Instagram, if it's YouTube, if it's Reddit, whatever, Mm. like, but you put so much energy into it and like, it, it feels like you're chugging the, uh, like a train and you're like, you're just like pushing so hard, putting so much energy to get this freaking train to like go a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But then once you start going, like, you know, you're going like a hundred miles an hour down the track and you're going Mm. like, you're going to, you're going to be headed. Like, you know, your, your post get goes like miles and miles without hardly any effort. That's Mm. what virality is. Right. So I think a very basic principle is like, you just got to put in so much energy into like getting the, the thing to blow up to a certain point. And then once it hits a certain threshold, then it'll just start taking off on its own. And then understanding that just having the faith that by putting all this energy into what seems like not much, like 10,000, you know, 50,000 streams or whatever, will eventually having the faith that it'll eventually turn into a lot. And then mm. there's other like gimmicky things that we would do like on Reddit. How mm. like before we, we would Ben and, and, uh, and, like the other yo-yo factory people and, and Andre Boulay from yo-yo expert, I would, I would tell them when I was going to make a post on Reddit and I'll tell them to all give me gold. Right. So they would all <laughs> give me gold on this post. And so it would well, start what does showing giving up gold like, mean on Reddit. Is that, is that just a, it just is like uh internet points. Like it's, it's you, you, I think you pay for it. Right. Um, I, I don't really know exactly, but anyways, it was like this thing where posts that people gave gold to would be mm. like higher up on the viewership thing. And, and it just stands out because then people are like, well, why did this post get gold? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just like that. Um, there's a lot of different gimmicky things that we did, but, um, I think, yeah, it ultimately came down to the basic principle of just like putting so much energy into it and just having faith that it's going to blow up. Mm. And I feel as if you, you've kind of like, I mean, when you were crafting the freestyle, you were also mindful of like what songs to use, what tricks to kind of do. That was also part of the master plan, so to speak. Like, so, so what are the things, what are some of the things, um, you include in your yo-yo routine that, uh, that were kind of viral friendly, so to speak, or viral inducing? Yeah. So definitely like just choosing the song was important. Like I know, for example, Freebirds are very, um, easy to go viral song. It's just such like such a well-known song and everybody's mm. like play free bird, you know? So, um, yeah. And I think, yeah, doing the knee slide, that was Gentry's idea, by the way, the knee slide. Oh, was, dude, really? Th- dude, that was so super sick. interesting. Yeah. So yeah, the knee slide was like the, the highlight of the performance and that's all credit to Gentry. Gentry's like, yeah. Dude, you know, I was, we were like at, at like PNWR 2017 or something. He's like, dude, you know what you have to do? You got to do a knee slide on the speed combo. I was like, dude, that's so good. And we we're just like tripping out about it. It was like, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's amazing. Like, honestly, 
like, this is what's so amazing about my life and about life in general, I think for anybody is, you know, they start to look at it and they realize that like so many people had contributions to, to like, to my life. If I'm just talking from first person perspective, like you were the one that helped me name the edge, you know, Ben McPhee took me in when I wasn't even like, when I was like in 2009, I wasn't even on the contest scene. Like, Gentry helped me with the knee slide thing. And it's just like, I think what really like is important is just to realize and have gratitude for all these different things and realize that like, really you didn't do any, anything like, like when I really get down to it, everything that I've created and everything that I have in my life and everything that we all have in our lives was all created by you know, our parents, like our parents created us and then they taught us our beliefs. And, you know, like, like we're just so freaking blessed to just wherever, mm. whatever our situation is like to, to have whatever we have, none of it's really us. It's, you know, there's, it's, it's all, we've gotten so much help from so many different people and that's super, super cool. Yeah, man. I definitely, I mean, I would agree with that. But I, but I also think, you know, like you're not giving yourself enough credit. I think, well, I mean, at, at the very least, what you do is you make your intentions clear. Like, mm. you know, it was very clear that like you wanted to win worlds. It was very clear that like you wanted to put on an awesome show. It was very clear that like you, you know, you wanted to become a musician or you wanted to take yo-yoing seriously. And I feel as if like when you have this like level of positivity that you have um, and then your intentions are very clear, you kind of you can't help but kind of attract allies, so to speak. So even that can yeah. kind of be boiled down to like, um, cause it's very clear. Like when, you know, like when, when someone's a likable guy and you know what they're trying to do, it's almost second nature to be like, well, actually, have you thought about this? You know? So I feel as if you've also kind of integrated that into a strategic lens. Totally. Yeah. It's it, like basically what you said, it's all about intention, man. Life is about intention. Well, like literally what you intend to happen is what's going to happen. And, but like a lot of people unintentionally intend for the wrong things. Cause mm. like they'll think about, cause like an intention is literally just a thought about what could happen in the future. Right. So if you yeah. literally think like, man, I, I'm scared that I might lose worlds and mm. you just keep having that intention. Like I I'm scared. I'm going to keep, I'm going to lose worlds and you have that. Well then you're just going to lose worlds. Right. So yeah. you, yeah. like that's what meditation is for, right? It sets mm. that intention. You, you, you're able to control your ability to choose what you're consciously intending for. And the more you intend for something, the more it starts to manifest in your reality. Mm. Mm. Speaking of like manifesting stuff, this is something I've been like very curious to ask you that I don't think you've really spoken about. Uh, 2019 mm. worlds, the fact that you composed a song, yo-yo to it and like kind of created this like epic masterpiece I, i've got to dig into that <laughs> okay okay let's let's start off with like how did you how did you create the song for the what came first did it did the tricks come first or did the song come first song came first so okay. the song came from watching um i don't even remember it was some movie yeah. And it was like super epic, dude. It was so epic. And oh, it was Avengers Endgame. It was Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is quite so an perfect. epic. <laughs> the last stand, man. I don't want to give spoilers, but if yeah. you haven't watched that, yeah, the it's basically um there's a really cool scene with Iron Man um in <laughs> the end. So I'll just say that. Yeah. And and um 
And um, I just was so, I, I connected so deeply with it. Like the metaphor of just giving all you got, you know, mm. no matter what the circumstances like, and, and things might be totally, totally doomed, but you just sacrifice everything you got or like put it all on the line <laughs> and just to, to complete your mission, you know? And, yeah. and that's how I feel in life. Like that's how I feel right now doing music. Like, everything that I got, all my energy is going to go into this album because mm. like, that's my mission in life. But so anyways, for that routine, like I, I started with that emotion that came from Avengers Endgame and I started composing the song mm. and I realized like, dude, this is going to be like my last, like my last stand. This is going to be like the last, um, like, like basically routine that I do in yo-yoing. So mm. I'm going to make it about this and, and have that emotion of, giving it your all for your last go. Mm. And um, yeah, it just started to come up at, like kind of organically. And then I started creating the different parts. I knew that I wanted to do some sort of speed combo-y part. So I added yeah. in that fast part at the end and or, or, like towards the middle. And um, yeah, that, I don't That's know. something I want to dig into. Like, you know, something difficult with yo-yoing is like you, you lament, like trying to find a song that's going to work. How does that feel when you're making the song? Can you just like, is, is it harder to make the song or is it harder to find the song? It's, um, <laughs> it's definitely harder to, f to make the song just because it takes a lot of skills. But yeah, what I'll say is that it was really fun to make it because I could add in a bunch of stuff that you just can't, like you can't find. Like I added in <laughs> lyrics about seasick and like, you yeah. know, um, I got a lot of edges, but I'm still so smooth. Like, I don't know. It's just like some stupid med, but like, it was like, I got to like add in my own brand. Like, I don't know. It was just, I, I love the cool. lyrics to that, by the way. Like I, I didn't really understand how deep some of those lyrics were until you put up that, um, that lyric video. And I was like, damn, you know, it's just like, you know, the Yeezys and the EVs. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I want to make a better brand, I'll make a, a Yeezy. But I, I don't even remember the lyrics. I don't remember my own lyrics. Yeah. Something but yeah, about, you know, like, it, was, it was, and then, you know, so from you, you had the riffs, you had the music cues and you had all of it. Like, was there a reason why you, um, you made it a little bit kind of softer? Was that to kind of softer at the beginning or was that to kind of capture the emotion of the end game thing that you were trying to get? Yeah. It's totally to capture that emotion. Like if you, if you watch end game and you know, the scene that I'm talking about, it's like, it's just like, you know, when like in any, any type of cool movie, like when, at like when somebody's really struggling and you just don't think they're going to get through it, you know, mm -hmm. and like, or like any venture in life, you know, like, or even in your own life, you're going through some tough shit and you're just like, like, you're just so beat down by the world and you've tried everything and you can't do it, but then you just get back up and you use every little ounce of will that you have to like, just do it. And, and I don't know, just that emotion was is so powerful for me. And it just feels like such a strong motif that I connect so deeply with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, but it, it's, it's also one thing to kind of have that like emotion and have the vision, but it's also, it takes time to create that song. Right. So like when you were practicing for 2019 worlds, was that as intense? Cause you had to, you had to balance, well, I've got to make the song. I'm, I'm I kind of want to be a musician. I'm kind of leaving the yo-yo world with, the kind of tenacity that you need to practice to win this, this competition. Right. So did that kind of chew up into the time or energy that you would have spent on the yo-yo itself? Yeah, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't consider it 
as like it took away from my yo-yoing because at the end of the day, by the end of 2018, I, I promised myself after I won Worlds, I would focus full time on music. Mm. So really what Worlds was for me was a way to um, really just start to, I guess, promote music and then also to um, to kind of say goodbye, basically, mm. to the community, you know? So um, yeah, I, I definitely didn't spend as much time like practicing the routine. Um, but I definitely spent a lot of time working on that song. Um, so that's what most of the time went into and, and just working on all the music that I've been working on in general and like honing my skills and stuff was Mm. what most of my time was spent on in 2019 and especially 2020, like every, every Mm. hour is spent thinking about how, um, you know, I'm going to succeed in music and how I'm going to create different stuff. So. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's super sick. I, this is such a shallow question and I I have to ask this because like, you know, most people are going to be like, you know, um, (laughs) why didn't you ask Evan that this has been like of debate, you know, that like there's a green triangle inside one of your freestyles, that last freestyle. And it's Mm -hmm. almost as if you deliberately miss it. Like, did you deliberately miss it or did you just like go, like, did you miss it and then just go with the flow and then try to cover it up? This has been like a hotly debated issue in the Australian year you exceed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's pretty funny because I feel like either way, it's pretty badass. um, Either way. Yeah. Should, I don't know if I should even answer that question because it might be fun to keep it up to debate. But I mean, if you guys, do you guys really want to know? That's the question. <laughs> I, I think most people do. Well, it, it was like, I was like, hey guys, what do you want to ask Evan? They're like, did he actually deliberately miss it or? <laughs> yeah. So I did. I did deliberately miss that triangle and I, I intended for it to just be, because the, the funny th- part about it was that I had done that triangle before um, at nationals. Mm. And, um, and people didn't know that it was a fake triangle. Right. So I wanted to like (laughs) tell them, like, let them know how I fooled the judges, but then at the same time, um, also like do something that would blow their mind while I did it. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much that's that's awesome man so you know we've we've kind of gone through the chronology so to speak and i feel as if there's so much more we could talk about but i kind of want to zoom in like it's kind of been interspersed throughout this thing but like music where are you at with that man like it's like you've had like a few songs come out love calls come out um me and tiendes i i probably butchered that like what (laughs) what's coming next yeah, man. I mean, dude, first of all, I really appreciate that. Like, cause I, I can tell, I know that, you know, this is a yo-yo podcast and stuff. So we mm. talk about a lot about yo-yo and stuff. And I really appreciate you having me on the podcast cause it definitely helps out, um, you know, promote the album, which should be out by the time this podcast <laughs> comes out. Same, yeah, same it should be out. So, uh, so save Love the date guys. Heaven from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to um, be an entire but- album or... Yeah, so it's going to be a 10-song album. Might have a few more depending how hard I work before then. Um, mm. But yeah, 10-song album. And um, yeah, it's it's um, it's going to be really, really, really exciting. I'm working on a lot of the marketing for that right now. Um, and mm. just finishing up like the last song. So I have nine songs. So I'm finishing up the 10th song and mm. getting it all mixed and mastered all nice. And um, 
so yeah, just doing all the promotion stuff, like coming onto this podcast is all a part of that. So it's definitely a win-win, <laughs> right? Cause like we get to talk about yo-yos, we get to um, promote your music. channel and, and then yeah, talk about music and get my, my album out there. So I, <laughs> I really think that's dope. I, I appreciate win-win situations. That's like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. No, no, definitely, man. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. And, you know, with the with the album, I know you're like, you're always very thoughtful. You know, you always have an intention behind it. What's the uh, what's the theme of the album? What's What are you trying to achieve with this album through the medium or through the art? Yeah. Yeah, so um, the album is called Love, right? And mm. um, so... Yeah. So once again, I'm just going to plug myself again, just so people don't forget. Um, it's called Love by Evan from Heaven on Spotify, Apple Music, literally everything. Literally so. everywhere. SoundCloud as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, every all, all the streaming platforms. So um, just the intention for me is really to express um, a lot of the emotions that I have towards life and try to mm. like... I feel like a lot of people tell me that my energy is like pretty infectious, you know? Mm. So uh, just feeling like if I could spread that energy through a medium that like hits like millions and millions of people, which it already mm. kind of does through yo-yo. Mm. But I think, um, you know, being able to do that on a, on such a strong level where people might be listening to this, the music in their car and stuff and spreading just the emotions that I have within me mm. and helping people to, I don't know. I guess like feel, feel the things that I'm feeling and, and create, a um, an emotional space for them to, um, to live life in a more positive way, I guess is my intention for that. And also the other thing too, is to my, my intention, I've always said this is to inspire people to like utilize their gifts to positively impact the world. And and I think that's, that's one of my big things is like, you know, just by doing my, the thing that I'm doing right now, making music and stuff, hopefully inspiring people to use the things that they're good at to like help a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but then obviously there's also intentions for myself too. Like it's also very mm. selfish too, cause I want to be successful and I want to have my name well known and I want to have credibility and all these different things. Um, so I think those are the best types of goals when you have a selfish and a selfless reason that are very like interconnected yeah. and interplay and it like fully pushes you fully pushes you there. Achieve. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the one thing that everyone's always a little bit, um, I, I feel as if most people don't think about it. It's like you can be motivated by more than one thing, right? Like you can be motivated to spread positivity and you can be motivated for, you know, a host of other reasons and they're not mutually exclusive. Financially or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, but, but dude, like, I don't know, I, I can attest that you do radiate positivity. Like, you know, there was a ton of stuff within this podcast that we didn't even talk about, you know, like, um, you know, you visiting children's hospitals and everything that happened with stuff like that. But I think, you know, we've, uh, we, we've just about run out of time and man, I just, I just want again, thank you for, uh, for coming on to the show and uh, touching everyone with your positivity and um, hope to catch up soon, man. Dude, thanks, man. And, and dude, when you say that I radiate positivity, you definitely do as well. So it's like two really positive people coming together to create some cool <laughs> shit, man. So I, dude, thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me promote my album and on your yo-yo podcast. You know? <laughs> it was, it was really awesome, man. 
All right. So yeah, how did you guys find that? I definitely had so much fun um, with that entire conversation from start to finish. Um, it's awesome to see kind of Evan continue to push the envelope in whatever he does. So be sure to check out Evan's new album. And and yeah, that's that's basically it from me. So Evan from Heaven, go ahead, check that out. And um, if you guys enjoyed this, like, comment, um, share this out with anyone who you'd want to. And that is it. So any comments, questions, criticisms, post them down below and I'll see you guys next time.